meticulously planned Fast and Furious. Hi, my name's Mr. Fast. And I'm my Mr. Na- Furious. <laughs> well, there's our bit for the next one. Perfect. Stills came out for Hobbs and Shaw. Who's Stills? Oh, for the movie. Oh, nice. Is it just pictures of Jason Statham? It's Jason Statham, it's Dwayne Rock Johnson, and behind them, Kevin Hart. <laughs> no. Idris Elba. Oh, really? Yeah. Hobbs, Shaw, and I'm going to make a conservative guess at the name of Idris, El- Idris Elba's character. Monica the Man Lizard. in Black. Oh, The Man in Black. Wait, no. I'm going to say Monica. The Gunslinger? Lizard? The gunslinger. Oh, the tall man. No, that's Phantasm. Yes, the gunslinger. Gunslinger. From the Dark Tower. Oh, what if we find out that Fast and the Furious <laughs> takes place in the same universe as the Dark Tower? I would be 100% okay with it. Zero credits. Sometimes in life, there are no jokes. And welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name's Henry. And my name is John. And together we're Henry and John tackling all those high points and low lows of the cultural zeitgeist. High highs, low lows. I like my high highs like I like my low lows. The way they are. What about a low high and a high low? Ooh. I uh, very much wanted to say my name is Henry in the introduction. I have no idea why. You had a strong impulse <laughs> to give the ro- to lie to our fans. Yeah. The uh, my uh, my sinful genetic memory <laughs> decided to awaken, and I wanted only to lie. You ever read that one short story that circulated the internet called like the one? Uh, Jet Li's the one? Yeah, kind of like that, where, like, uh, this one person turns out was actually the only person living through every iteration of every life that ever been lived. Oh. So that they could become like a god. Oh, so, uh, everyone else was not real? Everyone else was not real. Everyone was one person. So, what your inclination to say my name in the introduction was just a little bit of your past life, me, sneaking up. Oh, thank God. So you mean I've lived your entire life. You're dead. Holy shit. But I'm the only real one. Well, no. See, the thing is, it's a shared consciousness. (laughs) Okay, so it's... It's kind of like a hive mind, but with individual parts. You should read that short story. I'll never find it. What if we're all playing an extended game of what I like to call Call of Duty Black Ops 4's Blackout Mode, also known as... Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, also known as Fortnite, also known as Battle Royale genre. I'm just glad you didn't say Red Dead Redemption. Uh, I Battle Royale's and everything. That's something that missed me completely. But what if all of our consciousnesses were just existing in the same way until there's only one consciousness that's left, which is the one that has survived the longest and hidden a bush? I think that's called... Buddhism. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's fair. It's only in cycles of reincarnation in which you hide. <laughs> yeah, you you hide, you camp, you get a shotgun. So what's going on this week, or and last week? A lot of things are happening, so many things. The Academy Awards, 
listed their nominees. The Aka! The Aka, as we call it for some reason, listed out their nominees. And uh, shocking news this time around. Very surprising. Way different from every year. No one's happy. Yeah, uh, really, really strange that no one is happy about no the choices is... for the Academy Award nominees. No one is ever happy with those those nominees. And what I, what I want to say about the nominees this year this is a this is our, our lightning fast intros to the actual episode. This is my hot take. Previous year, I saw most of those movies they they talked about and 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 said these are the good movies of the year. This year, it's like we went back five years of progress. They nominated whatever goddamn thing they just saw. Yeah. Like, just recently. All this stuff they nominated, haven't seen a one except for Black Panther, which, should that even be there? Who knows? Uh, yes. From looking at the nominees, they, uh, this is something that I think maybe gets truer as you get older, but I think that, uh, the Academy Award nominees, very out of touch. They just seem to kind of, like you said, pick whatever. Uh, I'm personally struggling with, no one is happy about the Academy Award nominees. Typically, uh, I don't want to say typically to to be reductive of the stance. Be reductive, it's the Academy Awards. Uh, but I think that in a lot of cases, people will ask for more representation in Academy Award nominees. Uh, because there's, there's great works of art being put out by a lot of creators of color. Uh, and I feel like this year a lot of people are complaining about, I guess, too much representation uh, well, from, I, from different subsets. From what I get is the, the main takeaway, the main voice of anger. Like if this, this group of people would, would go to Washington, D.C. to protest, this would be the main thing on their, eye, uh, on their minds. Uh, apparently Bradley Cooper got snubbed for director. Oh, Bradley Cooper gets snubbed for director of A Star Is Born, a movie that wasn't that good, Ooh, um, and a remake. Yeah, how do you get a remake nominated? Yeah, that if the Academy Awards are supposed to be, this is what art is. This is the the top, the best in the business of the art. How the hell does a remake even get mentioned? Yeah, and also they're for good movies, which A Star Is Born is not. Uh, now the... Let's not even talk about Brian Singer's dumb <laughs> okay. fucking the, ass the, getting all fucking his movies in the fucking... There's I didn't a, even know he directed that. No, there's a very <laughs> little thing where people are where people are doing like a mea culpa on Bohemian Rhapsody, but they're like, it's okay, he got fired. He got fired four weeks before the movie was done. Yeah, it was done. It's, it's world-class creep Brian Singer's movie. Uh, and people just forget in in a post Me Too world or in a mid Me Too world the fact that we overlook what a massive world class fucking creep Brian Singer is unbelievable. Yeah, I, I don't get it. Like I, I don't know how does the he powerful keep getting the pass? Powerful creeps continue to thrive in the weirdest ways. Not Kevin Spacey. Yeah, I don't know why certain people are being ignored. Maybe he'll have an R. Kelly at some point in the future. Oh, or, or a Chris Brown, who I learned uh, just yesterday is being detained in Paris. Yes, uh, Chris Brown. I I do believe that. Um, Previously on this podcast, I may have expressed my uh, firm political opinion of Chris Brown go to jail or Chris Brown go to prison. And now he, he's in a he's in a, pa a Parisian one. Yes. Uh, now I would like to upgrade that because he is in, uh, and I don't want to say this lightly, some of my favorite prisons in the world are the prisons of France. 
Uh, now, he's in prison, he's being detained, and he should stay there for the rest of his natural life, uh, if we're lucky. But in my mind, that's him getting off scot-free. Oh, because he's in a Parisian one? Uh, well, prisons all over are rough, but here's the thing. Here's a feature of Parisian and French prisons that I would like to uh, make you aware of, and indeed would like to upgrade my previous stance of Chris Brown go to prison... We've achieved that dream. Check. Uh, and now 2019 is the year hashtag Chris Brown uh, go to Oubliette. Oubliette? Oubliette. Is that a Siberian prison? No, an Oubliette is a uh, kind of prison, uh, also known as a forget-me-hole, where prisoners, oh, yes. where French prisoners were put. It's basically a hole in the ground where they leave you and forget about you. Dark Knight Rises. Yes. The put them Oubliette. in the Oubliette. Put them in the Oubliette. I... That is not the first time you've said that sentence on this podcast. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Oubliette, and uh, if there's any justice in the world, Chris Brown will find himself at the business end of one. Now, I just want to give you a a small uh, consolidation. You know, everyone knows when you go to prison, all you get is bread and water. Well, in France and Paris, the bread is very hard. Oh. So he's probably breaking his teeth. (laughs) Every day biting into hard bread. He's like, oh, I shouldn't have done all them sex crimes. If only I would have known they were going to give me the hard bread. This is the worst joke we've ever done. Uh, I mean, it's all at Chris Brown's expense, and he is a horrible monster who deserves to rot in a hole. Yeah, I just don't want to, I, I don't want anyone to take away we were making light of sexual crimes. <laughs> Yeah. We were not. <laughs> we were more making fun of Chris Brown in that moment. Yeah, we and we were also oh. making fun of this is a, this is what I like to call a compound dunk because by making fun of Chris Brown for making light of the awful things that he's done, we're also making fun of any apologist for Chris Brown as well. Yeah, go uh, go to hell. Uh, because if you're continuing to apologize for Chris Brown's uh, misdeeds both current and past uh, d- uh, also go to prison. Yeah, also go to an umliot. Yeah, also go to an omelet. All right. Chris Brown, go directly to an omelet. So, to start this episode for real. Yes. Because that was just a stream of consciousness. Are BS. we going to talk any more about the Oscars for the no. duration of this episode? Let me make two things oh, clear. Oh, no. Oh, God. As far as the Oscars go. So, Into the Spider-Verse needs to win Best Picture somehow. Yes. It does. It can't because it hasn't been nominated for the category. But listen. That shouldn't stop it. It makes everyone happy because if Into the Spider-Verse won Best Picture, which it should, uh, then it would be one of the first, if not the first, animated features to win Best Picture. It would be a win for representation. It would be a win against toxic masculinity. It would be a a huge get for all of the directors. Into the Spider-Verse in the actual, like, correct Paragon version of time will be Best Picture. Uh, also, sorry to bother you, I don't think nominated for anything. Yeah, it got snubbed. Yeah, it got fully snubbed, which I struggle with, because in my mind, uh, that is either a huge disappointment, because Sorry to Bother You is one of the best movies I saw in 2018, other than Into the Spider-Verse, it is the best. I'm also a huge fan of it and its message, but also it might be kind of dope that it's not nominated for anything, because how the fuck are you going to get a, a pro-union... A, a subversive pro-union science fiction movie that's directed by an avowed communist? How are you okay with that being looked upon well by the Academy, which is made up of literal white mummies? You're right. I don't know how I feel about it. It's either awful or awesome. 
I just know that if Wreck-It Ralph 2 or the other Disney movie... <laughs> it's gonna. Or it's the, gonna, or the my Incredibles dude. 2 wins Best Animated Feature. Fucking guaranteed. Guaranteed Incredibles 2 or Wreck-It Ralph 2 I'd will win up. Best Picture. Uh, these movies with, with nothing to say um, will win. No. No doubt. No. Not a doubt in my mind. No. No. We'll see. No. We'll see. No, we won't. Let's get on with the episode. All right, so to start this episode off, I'm getting married. What? In 31 days. Okay, now I would like to imagine for anyone who's listening to this, uh, if this were a visual medium, the, like, Majora's Mask, <laughs> like, days until the end thing would appear, but yeah, it'd be like 31, 31 days. days to go. Yeah, 31 days to go. And, and part of this 31 day sprint... Dun, dun. To the finish, to, to the married finish line, we got to iron out all these details, all these all these little small details that you don't think about until someone's like saying you have to actually make a decision. And part of that is the alcohol we will serve. Yeah. And so part of it is I'm going to ask John here to break a little bit his sobriety for January, and I want him to taste... Uh, Flavor Country is it's an IPA by Austin Beer Works. It's in a purple can. I think it's kind of like a light IPA with a bit of like a bite of hops at the end. But we're going to let John taste it and see if it'll be a good choice for my wedding. Yeah, Austin Beer Works, uh, for anyone who for any reason didn't know, uh, we do record out of Austin, Texas. They are an institution. Yeah. Uh, they make great, everywhere. super popular beers like Pearl Snap, Fire Eagle... Yes, I, I've seen both of those. I'm a big Fire Eagle fan myself. Uh, but we are about to try the Flavor Country Hoppy Pale Ale. And here we wedding. Now for the record, as he sips, he's just going to taste it. He's not going to drink the full thing. Thereby not violating his sobriety for the January yeah, event. I'm, it's, I'm just, it's very clear. I'm only going to take a sip. I'm not breaking sober January by just sipping a beer. Get off my back. Here we go. And he's draining the whole can. I'm just kidding. You drank so much so fast. <laughs> All right. That's really pleasant. It is really pleasant. I like that a lot. Do you like IPAs? I'm a, I like IPAs. You're representing one-fifth of our entire wedding party. Uh, no, as far as IPAs go, that one's very inoffensive. Yeah, it's, it's okay. We got told, I don't know if this is true, we got told at the wine store slash beer place by the, the, the beer sommelier, if mm. you will. His name was Martin. Very lovely. Very lovely guy. I think he's British. Oh. And he told me, and I quote, if you, if you throw a reception and you serve no IPA the entire length of the event... People will be mad, and they might possibly riot. You know, I'd agree. Uh, what? Are you... Uh, uh, no, here's the thing. No I, one would riot. Uh, I, If you don't have an IPA at your wedding, I will 100% riot. Well, I'm glad. So this this week's episode sponsored by Austin Beer Works. I'm going to be drinking two beers tonight, and uh, he's just going to be watching because I hate my life, and I don't care if I'm healthy. Yeah, uh, and uh, enjoy those beers... IPAs, I think, have a, have a bad rap. I think IPAs may be the largest spectrum for beers. Offensively hopped IPAs are pretty gross, in my opinion. Like Hopzilla? 
Yeah, like Hopzilla. Hopzilla. But like for that one particularly... See, I, it's got like a... Li- Sorry, you were in the middle of a sentence. <laughs> no, it's it's just got like... Uh, as far as initially drinking it, it's got a little bit of like juicy, citrusy. But it's mostly kind of yeasty and refreshing. Yes. Uh, it's almost like an amber cross with an IPA. And then at the very end, there's that like pleasant piney bite that is really nice. You know why I didn't interrupt you? Because you said what I was going to say, <laughs> but better. Uh, I like beer. Just Beer's very good. Eight days to go. Yeah, I'm proud of you for doing that. You know what I did as soon as I could? The first chance I got in January? Drank too much. Yeah. that's The problem with me is if I don't do sober January, the train just keeps rolling, and then I have a full-blown drinking problem by, like, May. Yeah, I can see that. Because you have a personality. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's just a, you, you break through the barriers for New Year's Eve. You're like, my body can take so much more. The training must continue. It, it's funny because the end of the year, it's a bunch of celebrations. You got Christmas. You got New Year's. If you do Hanukkah, you got Hanukkah way before those two. Uh-huh. And what, what comes of holidays when you grow up, I have come to find, is that holidays equates drinking. Yes. And it's even with your family. You go visit home. They're like, oh, have a couple of glasses of wine. I drank so much over the holiday period that I should have done one of them sober January things. But instead, I didn't. You could do a sober February. The shortest month. There, No, my wedding's in February. It's oh, not going to be, be no very, sober time. That would be very difficult. <laughs> oh, no, thank you. I won't buy... I, I won't partake of any of the $2,000 worth of alcohol I purchased. Uh, I would like to share a very short anecdote on the podcast. Your uh, beer sommelier story actually reminded me of it. Uh, so I was fitted for a suit recently. Oh, nice. I went through this. Uh, yes, for a wedding. I don't know if you're attending. I do believe it's yours. I do believe I am attending. Uh, but I was fitted for a suit, and typically the way that I've done suits in the past, my body was a very different shape back then uh, when I bought my suits. We're talking wider or, wider. or taller? Uh, no. <laughs> I, uh, Have you shrunk? I, uh, Matt Damon-like, I've downsized. But I, uh, I typically, when I got fitted for suits, I would not actually get fitted. I would buy something off the rack, typically. Uh, spend somewhere in the neighborhood of three to four hundred dollars. Yeah. Typical suit money. Uh, at least sale suit money. Sale suit for sure. Uh, and then I would get measured for it at a tailor. I would get it altered and it would fit okay. Yeah. Uh, this is the first time that I am having a suit genuinely made for me from scratch. I did the same thing. Uh, it is being made from materials that I chose. I selected where to put the pockets and how many buttons I wanted and whether I wanted a seamless or a standard placket. You had way more options than I did. I will say, I don't know what the quality of the suit is because the turnaround time is two to three weeks. Uh, But as far as the fitting process and the options go, I highly recommend Indochino. If... Here's the thing. See, I I went through a different... I went through Men's Warehouse, but I, I learned since then, they go through a third party. Yes. And that it might be Indochino. I have no idea. It, it all depends on who's supplying their materials, because Indochino goes... Indochino doesn't tailor their own suits. They do it through companies. But the thing that I learned from going to the Indochino showroom is that Indochino does take different suit measurements because they cut more modern. Uh, so they'll measure, like... In addition to how long your arm is, they'll also measure you at the elbow, measure your bicep flexed and unflexed because they try to cut a little bit closer. Yeah. Uh, but 
the one thing that they do is they give you a guide to getting these measurements on the website. The website tells you how to take maybe half the measurements I had taken. Okay. Uh, if you have a showroom in your area, which are typically only available in very major cities, that is the way that I would go. Because I feel like by going to the showroom at this totally free thing, I got way, way better fitting than I would have otherwise. Especially if I'd taken them myself. Yeah. Well, you can't measure yourself. But it, it was very empowering to get a suit made from scratch because they would, you know, they ask if you want half lining, full lining, what pattern you want your lining to be, what material, what felt in your collar do you want, what do you want your collar to be lined with, what buttons do you... It was crazy. Yeah. And what I found going through Men's Warehouse, at least, getting a suit made was cheaper than buying off the rack. Yeah, in my for the suit that I bought... Which is insane. For what I ended up getting, I actually uh, this is uh, this is odd, but the previous day to that, I also went to Nordstrom Rack to try to buy some stuff. Nordstrom Rack is just Nordstrom, where half the clothes are a ripoff that are made to be sold at Nordstrom Rack, but are jacked up in price, and the other ones are like genuine Nordstrom items from the previous season that went down in price. Uh, things there are like cheap-ish. But if I had bought a suit from separates at Nordstrom Rack, it would have cost me more yeah. than getting a suit just made. That's insane. Uh, also, because get... custom usually implies premium. Yeah, you, you would imagine, and not to like keep standing for Indochino because they don't support us, but it was very odd having someone whose only job was to measure me take down my specifications make recommendations be personable it felt like i was rich but not like tech rich or modern rich rich. it made me feel old rich that old money uh which is why i think that uh, being rich is intoxicating oh yeah no people just doing things for you that's gotta be like that's the gateway drug you know the first time like you have a doorman and you I, I, I recently got into watching a few episodes of Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I forget who, it might have been Kristen Wiig who uh, revealed, she doesn't have a key to her apartment. Mm-hmm. She just as a person let her into a building, and then an elevator takes her to her unit. Oh, boy. And I'm, I'm not saying she's super rich. I'm just saying that's, still, that's a level of luxury I've never known. I've, I've had a key everywhere. For everything. Yeah. Two keys per apartment. It's a level of luxury we'll probably never experience, but it, it is very intoxicating to like have that kind of experience. Um, and that kind of segues pretty nicely into something that I wanted to talk about on the podcast, which is uh, I, I don't want to... I have struggled with being a believer my whole life, but I just in want God? everyone... No. Oh. In magic. But I want everyone to know that it appears as though, knock on wood. He would knock on the table, but it would cause the microphone to jiggle. The the table's made of what looks like wood. So knock on wood, I feel like our 2019 spells, at the very least, are starting to come to fruition. Well, one thing that's coming to fruition for for true is 2015. Because I don't know if you saw what nature did. But it turned the moon red. Yeah, it, it decided to not only turn the moon super blood wolf, but also decide that on the visible side of the moon, that an asteroid would impact it during the super blood wolf moon. So, so at least 2015, which I've been saying constantly since that episode, the first episode we recorded, is coming to fruition. But 
remind us of your of your New Year's spell. The the most important spell that I feel like I made uh, was I believe the Latin for it was Bezos Gilatinus. Oh, that's right. Uh, but it was for for more fair treatment, for more equality, for maybe dare I say, uh, in the mid to long term. Uh, decreasing the the vast swath of inequality between your poorest citizens and your richest citizens, at least in in the United States of America, where that's where my purview is. Uh, so that happened very quickly uh, by Mackenzie and Jeff Bezos filing for divorce in uh, a common property, a shared property. I forget the term. Common property. Common law. Uh, common pro... I don't know. Common denominator. So basically, uh, Jeff Bezos is going to lose half of his fortune to Mackenzie Bezos. $70 billion. $70 billion. That's the figure that the media has been running with. I I, I only read headlines. So her name is Missandra? Mackenzie? Mackenzie. Mackenzie Bezos, if she keeps that name, why would she? <laughs> no reason. No reason. It's going to get $70 billion. $70 billion. Dollars, most expensive divorce in history, which that's an accomplishment in of itself. But also, I, I what I love, and love here is used ironically. The media starts jumping. Does she deserve seventy billion dollars? What's the real question is? Does anyone, including Jeff Bezos, need to? And that's half of his fortune of. Maybe that's even just the liquid side. Yeah, that that is fifty percent of his worth is sixty nine to seventy billion dollars, which no one deserves seventy billion dollars. No one deserves a billion dollars. I would say here's I would the, take it in a heartbeat, oh, but yeah. I wouldn't deserve it. Everyone would take a billion dollars, but here's the thing: uh, to become Jeff Bezos and the entirety of Amazon, to become anyone who has more than a billion dollars, you are someone who, to some extent, abused people's excess labor. Yes. Uh, no one deserves a billion dollars. Uh, Mackenzie Bezos doesn't, uh, but she is legally entitled to half of it, and I hope that she takes that half, uh, dilutes Jeff Bezos' shares in Amazon, offloads those Amazon shares. Uh, hopefully they don't turn back into treasury stock or anything. Give one to me. I just want one share. Just one share of Amazon? But it's got to be like a dividend share where I actually get money <laughs> from it. Uh, I don't know what Amazon dividends are like or if they exist. Uh, but I think that she should dilute his ownership, which she will just by getting the assets. Uh, sell it off, fuck it, whatever. She's legally entitled to it, but no one deserves it. She should get something. Oh, no, no, no. I I'm, I mean, she should get $70 billion. Okay. She's legally entitled to $70 billion. It's, as we've discussed, she doesn't deserve it because no one no does. One deser- no one deserves that amount of money. But she is legally entitled to it, and right. I fully support her receiving that $70 billion. I just think, give me money. <laughs> no, I'm yeah. just, that's... I think that every day. I, yeah, every day I wake up and I go to sleep. Just give me money. <laughs> you no. wake up and you say to the ceiling, give me money. Today is the day where I will receive money from Jeff Bezos. Uh, but the the level of, of extreme largesse that these people live at is unfathomable. We're just middle class people who get fitted for a suit and felt a one one billionth of that feeling. 
Yeah, I tried my suit on recently, and I and then I was wearing it, and I looked in the mirror. I'm like, who who do I think I am? <laughs> deserving? I don't deserve to wear this this nice kind of like three piece suit. I don't know if that's what it's called. I have a vest, three piece, a nice three piece suit that actually fits me and looks pretty. On this horrible mistake of a body, I can look somewhat presentable ish. Yeah, I don't deserve that. I don't have enough money for that. So I, I think that really leads me into the biggest thing, which is I think the Jeff Bezos divorce, that's fine. But these people are dealing with such an incalculable amount of money that it it's really just a thought exercise to talk about who deserves what or who will do what with water, whose stock ownership in Amazon will be diluted. It's pointless because these people are operating at such a galactic level of money that it's not worth considering. Uh, the biggest part of my wish that I believe is coming true is very genuinely into the conversation in American politics. We are seriously talking about enacting a very steep uh, marginal income tax bracket for people who earn more than $10 million in a yeah. year. AOC's, 70%. AOC's 70% marginal tax. The best thing, uh, a lot of people say that the issue with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is that she isn't in a position to enact this change. And I think that's debatable. But the fact that she's bringing it into the conversation and, and having people genuinely talk about it, uh, that is priceless. Because when people actually start talking about enacting a 70% marginal tax bracket over $100 million, which, by the way way too low it needs to be way higher yeah like it needs to be either 70 percent over a million or like 90 percent over 10 million uh because people who have that kind of money should be taxed to hell and back they they really should be uh but the fact that we're genuinely talking about it i think that that is proof that we're moving in a positive direction uh it's also something that concerns me greatly because this has allowed people to uh, execute a certain amount of intellectual malfeasance by purposefully misrepresenting how marginal tax brackets work. I've seen this a lot. I've seen this a lot with, like, a father pulls his daughter aside and shows her an ice cream cone and then says, now should the government, represented by his other hand, snatch 70% of your ice cream cone? Is that fair? And the daughter tears in her eyes and says, I miss the old country. <laughs> I miss I miss when America was great in the 50s when people who made over $100,000 a year were taxed at 90%. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, let's make America great again and just tax the rich to hell. Yeah, let's let's make America great again. Go back to the 50s uh, when uh, people started enrolling their kids in a bunch of private schools, which were basically segregation academies. Uh, by the oh, way, white uh, flight. Yeah, abolish private education. Uh, but this was also a time when people who made an insane amount of money were taxed the fuck out of. Yes. And that is the only great part of America from that time in my book. Uh, but no, I think that uh, the the fact that we're talking about it now is is vitally vitally important uh people with that kind of money should be taxed and, and let, let's be honest they, oh also by the way the ice cream analogy fucking sucks oh yeah because <laughs> that's not how it works that that's like if a if a father took an ice cream cone <laughs> with one billion scoops on it 
and tried to hand it to his daughter. And he's like, do you think the government can take the top 70% after the 10 millionth scoop to which the doc, the doctor, to which the daughter replies, I could not possibly in a hundred lifetimes use that amount of wealth. Please give the ice cream to those who need it. Yeah, that, that's, that's the actual analogy. But I, it's good to set this precedent of taxing the rich now. Yes. You know why? Because as soon as we find a way to commercialize AI and laborless manufacturing, all these things that my boss gets a hard on over, I didn't say that out loud, all these things that we're working toward, as soon as that comes into effect, and not hundreds, not thousands, but millions of jobs are rendered just null Mm -hmm. because robots are doing everything and people in their their 30s, starting as early as their 30s, they can't be retrained to service the robot because the robot's going to be able to fix itself. Yeah, we're... we're, The robot's going to think. We're we're living in a world where people fear automation because they fear that their job will be replaced, which is the surface-level concern. Uh, but automation of daily tasks and people's jobs, the concern is these are the ultra-rich hyper-corporations. Uh, they are automating the workforce so they don't have to pay human beings. Yeah. These people don't give a shit if you lose your job, lose your money, can't afford insulin and die. Yeah. They can't care. They, they can't care. They don't care. And, 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 like, we're not talking about, okay, a couple of manufacturing companies... Okay, they don't hire people anymore. We're talking about the death of the American workforce. It's yeah. going to die. It is the death of the American workforce for the sake of maximizing profits by maximizing automation. Um, also, I do want to set the record straight and do like a very quick, uh, super quick example on how marginal tax rates actually work. You just did one with the ice cream cone. AOC does not want to take 70% of your money, just 70% over $10 million. Yeah. That, that's it. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Like it's such it's such an easy slam dunk win, and the fact that people are actively misrepresenting it is insane. Uh, and but anyway, honestly, fathers, let your daughters eat ice cream. Don't snatch it <laughs> yeah. out of their hands. Don't snatch it to make a clumsy metaphor. And here goes the Austin Beer Works Pearl Snap. It's a light beer. I'm not really into light beers, but this one grows on you after like the third can. Yeah. Uh, like all not in a row. <laughs> oh, uh, yes, uh, it is definitely a, an acquired taste. I like a pearl snap, but no, I, I think that it's. Here's an anecdote. Yes, we were in the beer place. We uh-huh. had left the beer sommelier, t- and we wanted to try some of the beers that he had recommended for our wedding. So we go to the beer section. We leave the fancy wine section. We go to the beer section. We find a beer sommelier. Only I'm not going to call him that. We call a guy who works there. Yeah. We, we meet him. And we ask, hey, we can't find Pearl Snap. And we at this point, we don't know it's Austin Beer Works. All we know is the name of the beer. We don't even know what type of beer it is. We ask him, can we find Pearl Snap? And he goes, Pearl Beer? Oh, boy. You want Pearl Beer? <laughs> uh. I gotta get somebody. He walks away, brings back this young guy with a beard, and he's like, he's the one you want to talk. They want Pearl Beer! And we turn to him, it's like, 
we found it. It's called Pearl Snap. It's by Austin Beerworks. And the old guy, the, the, the beer guy that we found goes, they made that in the 60s. They don't make that anymore. Pearl beer. <laughs> Alcoholic pearl. No. And, and like the, the, the young guy's but like. you found it. And the young guy's like, all right, is there anything else? Like, oh, can we, we need to find flavor country. And it's right there. And, <laughs> and then we were like, flavored beer. And, and as we're walking away, there was this this one of those sample girls, and she had this alcoholic coconut water. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a new alternative for people who want to get drunk <laughs> on coconut water. Off coconut water, and he turns to her and goes, "Alcoholic water." <laughs> and I'm like, this guy just lives his entire his entire day is finding out things exist and just repeating them loudly. That's that's amazing. And I was like, you work here. You should know your products you, don't make us feel like idiots dude you work in a place that sells by its definition alcoholic water yeah uh that's so, that is either number one a world-class bit or that guy is living the most charmed life yeah he's either he's either like the world's best undiscovered comedian who, who lives his art or like he was high or something <laughs> i i really like to imagine that he is a perfectly acceptable, normal human being in every... Like, he goes into a bank and he's like, Hi, I'd like to... Uh, I want a 60-month CD. Here's $5,000. Let me just... Let me do my checking account. Anyway, good day, madam. And he's, like, walking away. And he sees, like, someone with a blue moon shirt. And he's like, Moon beer? Moon beer? They made beer on the moon? <laughs> they got on the moon in the 60s. That's when they made the beer. <laughs> they don't make that anymore that's that's very good man i just guys like that person are we done talking about the the that's pretty much it guys like that person are kind of like some of today's unresolved or unsolved (laughs) mysteries oh boy oh fancy you bring that up me uh because netflix believe it or not just revitalized revived brought back to life reality. Oops, there goes gravity. A little show called Unsolved Mysteries, which was a which was a show that ran from the forever to the when it got canceled. Yep, that covered a lot of the spooky, unresolved mysteries of our time, and also did a lot of good work with missing person cases and unsolved murders. Yeah, as well as the supernatural. Okay. Because they covered everything. Yeah, everything that's an unsolved mystery. And in honor of that, I want to bring you one of the weirdest unsolved, unresolved mysteries of our internet time. Okay. It revolves around a little site that I like to call White Phone. I need you for this, but I need you to be called. Why is your phone never silent? Because I'm a bad (laughs) podcast host. It revolves around a little site I like to call Wikipedia. Oh, but others call Wikipedia. Uh, here's the name of this Reddit post by user never mind B O B one O B one A N W S. Nailed it. Wait, it's actually it's Bob. Blob Bob's Law Blog, but spelled in leet speak. Oh, nice. Bob's <laughs> Bob Law Blah Law's Law Bomb. Yes. So here's the title of the post. And this is one of the most serious mysteries of our age. 
Why does High School Musical's Corbin Blue have the third most widely translated Wikipedia page of any person living or dead? Wait, what? Why does High School Musical's <laughs> Corbin Blue have the third most widely translated Wikipedia page of any person living or dead? Wait, what? No, I mean... Rewind, rewind five seconds. No, no, no. I just mean for emphasis this time. Oh, you were emphasizing. Yeah. My bad. So here's how the post reads. This is a fun little mystery that I stumbled upon a long time ago. And BuzzFeed of all places. And it has stuck with me ever since. The article below does a much better job of explaining this mystery than I could. But here's a short summary. In 2013, the MIT Data Lab did a study on the relative global, quote, fame of various celebrities and historical figures using data from Wikipedia, including the number of languages each person's article has been translated into. Standing at number three, sandwiched between Barack Obama and Confucius, was none other than high school musical supporting actor Corbin Blue with a whopping 193 languages. Before you go jumping to conclusions, a few things to consider. Corbin beats out many other figures you would expect to see on such a list, such as Isaac Newton at number 5, Adolf Hitler at number 8, really 8? Or Albert Einstein at number 10. Okay. Corbin somehow managed to outrank every single other living celebrity including much more famous High School Musical co-stars Zac Efron and Vanessa Hudgens. The next closest contemporary pop culture figure was Lady Gaga, with 133 pages at 45th place. Mm -hmm. His dominance is confined solely to number of language additions. In terms of actual page views, his stats are relatively modest. He doesn't even rank in the top 100. Corbin Blue has a relatively modest Twitter following, and to my knowledge, has no unusually large overseas following. According to the article, there doesn't seem to be any pattern with regards to the creation pages to suggest that they were the work of bots or some superfan. Here's a quote from the BuzzFeed article. A random search of the Blue Wikipedia page edit histories revealed no common names or IP addresses associated with page edit edits or creations nor were the pages all created at once. They appeared at what seemed to be a fairly random pace over the past 10 years, ever since the English page was created on January 2nd, 2006, by a user named uh, Damien Bach. Or Damien Bach. Corbin himself has denied any involvement or knowledge of the anomaly. What? Blue said when BuzzFeed News informed him of his place between the leader of the free world and one of the most important philosophers in the history of human <laughs> civilization? <laughs> Holy shit, really? I wonder why that is. Are that many people looking me up? What the hell? That's amazing. That's ridiculous, actually. That is unnecessary. <laughs> but I will definitely put that on my resume. <laughs> what a, he seems like a nice chap. He's, that seems... Wait, <laughs> what, what, what if in the interview... Anyway, <laughs> that's ridiculous. That's unbelievable. 
Soccer blue. And he Soccer. just started. He just started saying it in every different language. <laughs> he tipped his his hat, his chapelle, his sombrero. Yeah, and you just discover that he's like the world's most like excessive polyglot, and he keeps masking IP addresses to alter his own Wikipedia page. Our, our young Bob, our young Reddit post. Oh, uh, what do they call them? Original poster OP. Uh huh. He, he, he originally had a theory about chicken cordon blue, and why that, that was why maybe the, uh, the page was translated so I many times. But apparently that dish is only called that in English. Oh. So it doesn't, it wouldn't, it wouldn't track. Wait, is the thinking there that people try to Google chicken cordon blue, get Corbin blue, and they're like, well, might as well translate this entire Wikipedia page while I'm here. Yeah, they were like, oh, oh, I, I want to know the recipe, I want to know the ingredients. Wait, why is it talking about Disney? Wait, movies? Why is, Maybe the next part has the recipe. Why is this just a person? This seems to be a human child. Uh, so, are we done with the original article? That is, yes, there are some, there are some edit updates, but, uh, that, that is the entirety of the original write-up of one of the greatest mysteries of all time. Uh, here's something that I re- would really like to impress upon people. My initial assumption was that a, uh, a fairly minor supporting character, I don't, I've never seen High School Musical, maybe he supports more than I think. Maybe he, he's the one who holds up the school. Uh, He's the Atlas. But I was thinking that uh, this person's Wikipedia article might be very short. Oh, Which makes it very easy for people to churn through. Yeah. Uh, Corbin Blue Reavers, known professionally as Corbin Blue, has one of the most detailed Wikipedia pages I've ever fucking seen. This is just adding to the mystery. So it, it lists... It lists all of his major things that he's been in and who he's partners with. It has a picture with his name, location, uh, the date that it was taken. It has where he was born. It has his, res- his residence. It has his alma, mar- alma mater, including his high schools and colleges, his occupation, his years active, a known four box, spouses, parents, relatives, genres he's musically known for, instruments he can play, years active in music, the labels he's signed under, the associate acts, and his website, followed by a one, two, three paragraph introductory Wikipedia entry, followed by his early life and education, acting career, dancing with the stars, music career, personal life, filmography, discography, concert tours, awards and nominations, Notes, references, further reading, external links. This is a stacked that Wikipedia page. That's heavy. That's a lot to translate. That's a lot to translate. And why? Why would someone, of all of all the people you could pick, a supporting actor from Disney's High School Musical, a movie that I don't think went to theaters? It might have. Dude, this is scary. I, I have no idea. Why are you scared? This is scary because I just went on acting career his early career you want to know how long the early career section is he's still scrolling he's still folks this is insane he didn't reach the end he was still scrolling that was just one section this is insane what is going on with corbin blue what is this corbin blue mystery is this just like one of those things like animal spirits or whatever where like Human beings have a certain inclination to access Corbin Blue's Wikipedia page without exactly knowing why. 
Is it an inexplicable human phenomena? Is it a pattern? So Bob Loblaw, the poster for this Reddit post, uh, he posted it to the Unresolved Mysteries subreddit, one of my favorite subreddits. And this is what they do. They post write-ups of unresolved mysteries. They call I think they legally distinct themselves unresolved versus unsolved. Uh-huh. And they just they, they do write-ups and people kind of do their their baseless speculation and then a, a few of them a noble few, the the armchair detectives of the world, actually like try to put in the legwork or I guess finger work, Fing- hand legs, hand leg, hand leg work <laughs> to try to figure out get give at least I guess a reasonable explanation or just what their theories are. Uh huh. And that's where I learned about the owl theory for staircase, which the the documentary doesn't mention at Does, all. Doesn't matter. What are those microscopic owl feathers? Who huh? knows? Who knows? I mean, it's an owl. And I've learned, I, I mean, I've learned so many write-ups, like, I've read so many write-ups on, like, the, the Golden State Killer slash well, all these other titles, and I've learned about the West Memphis Three. There are a ton of great write-ups on there. And so, the community, drawn to how bizarre this was for that subreddit, because usually it's murder, mm-hmm. or missing children. This one's fairly innocuous. This one's, this one's fairly innocuous. Innocuous? Innocuous? I'm... Sailing away. <laughs> and so people, they swarmed it, and they tried to solve it, and uh, within hours, incredibly, within a few hours, a user by the handle, let's say, Lithide, or Lithide, sure. may have found or culprit Wikipedia user Zimmer610, a.k.a. Ch- Chase, that's a weird way to spell, Ch- spell Chase, Chase Watson, a polygot... Corbin Superfan. Oh. From Riyadh? 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 Where is it? Saudi Arabia? Riyadh. I'd say Riyadh. Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, most likely. Who's had multiple accounts and quite a few run-ins with the Wikipedia authorities. Unfortunately, this incredible detective work simply raises as many questions as it answers. Just who is this mysterious figure? What is his aim? And most importantly... Why? So it is the work of a Corbin obsessed polyglot from Saudi Arabia. This is this is like uh, the strangest Dan Brown novel. Yeah, where you find all the clues, you solve all the high school musical <laughs> themed puzzles, and yeah. like you get a cipher key, which is just a buzzword that they keep saying. <laughs> yeah. We gotta find the cipher key. What are we doing again? We're finding the cipher key. I'm Tom Hanks. Yeah. And then he has to disable a bomb in some water. In every movie. I really hope this person ends up being a supervillain. Oh. <laughs> what? Supervillain? Yeah. I hope that uh, Riyadh... Not Riyadh. Chase uh, in Riyadh ends up being a supervillain. I, um... Is there any more resolution to that? Well, there's some baseless speculation. That, oh. that, that's just, you know... I will not have hearsay on this podcast. Yeah, I, I no hearsay. I, I think that might wrap it up for that one mystery. But you know, I, I just there's some really bizarre things out there that you don't always get answers to. I mean, that's something that I guess as humans, it's really hard for us to to kind of understand. Is that there are massive like intricate interweaved mysteries about things that are very not murder or crime 
Because we, we have a tendency to focus on the inexplicable nature of unsolved mysteries as they relate to disappearances or murders or, or something that is very dramatic. But I think that there are genuinely very compelling mysteries around seemingly uh, totally mundane things. I discovered a relatively low-level one of these mysteries. Okay. A stamp. A stamp. So in, I believe, the 50s or 60s, uh, no, maybe the 70s. A stamp was issued, uh, and the proceeds of the sale of that stamp uh, went to benefit some foundation for eradicating alcoholism. It was a different time. They thought these things could be eradicated with, I don't know, medication or electroshock. Uh, but the stamp had the uh, medical staff with the twin serpents. Oh, yeah, the staff of uh, Heridocles. Yeah. That's not his name. Uh, and the it said, alcoholism, exclamation point. You can beat it, exclamation point. And it was a tremendous failure because when you put a stamp on an envelope that says, alcoholism, you can beat it, it makes it look like the person you're sending it to as an alcoholic. That is hilarious. Uh, and that stamp was a massive failure. It also does not have an English language Wikipedia page. Attempts to create one have been deleted, and it only has a Wikipedia page in German. In German? No idea why. But this was an English, this was a U.S. thing. It was a U.S. stamp. For some reason, there is not a Wikipedia page for it, and apparently no one has been successful in getting one to stay on the website. Maybe? Alright, hear me out. Here's my baseless speculation. So all instances of this failure have been wiped from American records, because as you know, us Americans, we don't really like to harp on our failures. We don't like to bring them up time and time again. Yeah. But one German, one lone German, traveled to America during this time of this this stamped oppression of alcoholics. <laughs> yes. Which, yeah. And he, he, he had to buy some stamps. He or she had to buy some stamps. Went to the post office. I was like, I, I, what... What is the word? I need stamp. Yes, because that's German. Uh huh. And so they bought. They're like, oh, give him, give him the, give him the unpopular. He's not from here. Yeah, give him the fail stamp. Give him the fail stamps. And so they gave him this stamp. He gave him like a sheet mm -hmm. for free. You know, he bought one stamp for a nickel. They give him a whole sheet. Stamps are fucking expensive, by the way. I had to buy stamps recently. Insane. Oh yeah, that, well they they raised the price on them. It's like fourteen bucks for, for 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 stamps. Yeah, unbelievable. How does the post office get away with it? So he he mails his letter in America, or maybe he was mailing it back home. I'm not really. Hold on. The point is, he's got the sheet. Yeah, he's got. So the he stamp mails sheet. his letter, whatever. He uses the one stamp. He he takes the sheet home mm -hmm. and he mails out a bunch of letters in Germany. Becomes a big thing in Germany. He's got this sheet. That's like what, twenty, at best, fifty stamps, at, at best, 20. a billion stamps, maybe, maybe, maybe. He mails so many people. One of them is the German National Enquirer. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and they run this whole story about it. Because what you need on Wikipedia to make a uh, an article, to make uh, a page, mm -hmm. you need a source, right? Mm -hmm. And so the German source for this one stamp page is German National Enquirer, and that's why it was okay. Also, alternate theory, 
the people at Wikipedia can't read German. Uh, yes, that is a good alternate theory. I would like to show you the stamp because even though we have not succeeded in having an English language Wikipedia, people have scanned it and added it to uh, mysticstamp.com. Uh, it is a stamp from 1981. Alcoholism, you can beat it. That's a terrible it. stamp. It's very bad. That's a bad stamp. Uh, but it's unbelievable to me. Actually, you can just buy it. You can just buy the stamp. What? Oh, it's not rare at all. They have they have thousands of. Yeah, copies. they've got a, they've got a lot. They of didn't these. give them all to that one German. No, that's for sure. not at all. But yeah, like I said, uh, mind bending mysteries about things that are completely mundane. I really love the mysteries that aren't always about murder or kidnapping or. I mean, most things, things in life aren't about murder. So you would imagine most mysteries wouldn't be either. And you can chalk a lot of like dead ends and, and these cold cases up to bad law enforcement. Because not... Okay, one, technology wasn't always the greatest. Two, they didn't have stairs and practices of investigation. Yes. And, and so that, you, you lost a lot of stuff to that. And so those mysteries are... I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't want to downplay tragedy, but they're... Not as hooking, mm-hmm. I guess, as the mysteries where it's like, okay, the inexplicable is happening. Like, yeah. The unexplained. How the hell does a, a perpetrator break and enter into dozens of homes over the course of 20 years and not get caught? The answer was he was on the police force. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a lot easier to sell a mystery of how did someone alone in a tent eat his own head or whatever. Yeah. Than it is to say, probably... A much harder to solve and more perplexing mystery of why does Corbin Blue have the third most translated Wikipedia page in history? And it's also an Oculus, so I could bring it up on our podcast and we won't even get sad. Yeah. But like, we've covered mysteries before, like the, the Illamore Lighthouse Keepers. Mm-hmm. They're making a movie, not of those Lighthouse Keepers. But different Lighthouse Another keepers. one, I think it's called... Oh, I forget what it's called, but uh, it's about, apparently, some Lighthouse Keepers in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Disappeared on like oh Flanagan's Island. That sounds stereotypical, but I I, I seriously feel like it's like Flanagan's Island or something like That's that. That's fair. Whereas uh, some lighthouse keepers disappeared. They're making a horror movie about it. Okay, uh, I expect that to release in the middle of the summer to no fanfare <laughs> at all. That's a real lights out. It's <laughs> a real lights out kind of movie. Yeah, um, but uh, these mysteries like the uh, the the Davilo of Pass. Mm-hmm. Th- these things where it's like. The only way to actually solve it is to have been there. Mm-hmm. Those are the mysteries that hook us. And uh, also the weird mysteries that are like, why this Corbin Blue? Yeah, I, I think that th- there is something to be said about mysteries that are, that are truly mundane. And I think that uh, all of us, you might say, are living the most mundane mystery of all. Why are we here? Existence. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, no one has an explanation for that one. Prove me wrong, science. Science can't answer that question, I don't think. What if they go to the moon for the first time? <laughs> they already they find been. And they find the answer written on a rock. But they couldn't find it because it was on the dark side. And they needed flashlights. How crazy is it? Well, if you subscribe to, like, the super collision theory, isn't it so cool that the moon is always facing us? Is it? Yeah. We, there's a dark side and a light side of the moon. I know there's a dark side and a light side. That's not an optical illusion. Yeah, the moon doesn't rotate. Doesn't. Yeah, it follows the Earth. Is there really no... But, but 
it's only dark to us. Like, if we would go there, it would be light. I mean, it depends on its orientation relative to the sun. Exactly. Yeah. There's no There's not dark a side, side that's constantly dark because it is rotating. You said it wasn't. It's just rotating at the same speed. Yeah, that we're it's rotating. rotating at the same speed, so it appears to stay constant. That's insane. Yeah, of it's all in- the miracles that God created, <laughs> of all that the, one's the strangest. Of all the unsolved mysteries, except probably just a giant, uh, giant space object hit the Earth, huge cloud of dust formed into the moon, but it was rotating at about the same speed Earth was. But that's weird. How? How what? How could it? Form? No, no, no. I'm sorry. So, the forming is all... That, that all makes sense. What are the odds that it rotates at the same speed as we do? Well, it doesn't... Yeah. I think I read a very compelling reason it as probably, to why that is It probably case. has a very common explanation. And I'm not trying to say, like, divine creation or anything like that. Because I, I believe that other things that not worth getting into... Um, I'm not trying to suggest that. I'm just trying to be like, yeah. that. that is kind of amazing that it, it just happens to rotate at the same speed that we do, so we always see the same I think King face. Ghidorah lives on the other side. Oh, Ghidorah? Yeah, Ghidorah? G- Ghidorah. Gi... When I was five, yes. I pronounced it Ghidorah. Uh, well... I also had never heard of the Japanese people or their <laughs> language... I was five! Well, uh, five-year-old John and five-year-old Henry do have to disagree on this one. The, my first instance of learning about Japan was the fact that uh, my I, I had little Dragon Ball Z action figures. Not even action figures, collectible little figures. And some of them were of characters I had never seen before. And one of my friends said, oh yeah, the show aired in Japan. They already know what happened. And I was like, yeah, right, okay. Turns out he was right. Yeah, when I started watching Dragon Ball Z, which I was obsessed with, and was really my first, like, anime other than regular Dragon Ball and Samurai Pizza Cats, some some dude was like, hey, you ever heard of Gotenks? I was like, what the fuck's a Gotenks? Yeah. And then they told me, like, oh, it's this whole show in Japan in a whole different language, and they've seen all of it, and it's crazy. I'm like, shit, I need to get on that. (laughs) <laughs> and then I started to download a lot of real media files. Oh man, you remember real media? I remember watching More like real bad player. I remember watching the last episode of Dragon Ball Z in a horrible resolution, but that did remind me of something that there is no clean segue to whatsoever, but it is something that I wanted to bring up on the podcast. Henry, would you be interested in a wager? Not a wager, but simply an agreement to do something you would not enjoy. Um, is, does this involve our podcast? Yes. Do you want to go see Brawly? No, kind of, actually. Uh, that was going to be the first one I came up with. Let's say that's plan two. Plan one, what are you doing this Sunday? Moving. Okay. We can still make it work. What do you want to do? Would you be interested in watching the entirety of, and then potentially discussing on the podcast, the event of a lifetime, the Royal Rumble? Oh, wrestling? Yes. So that would be in the evening? Yes. I would be more free? Yes. In the day I'm moving? 
Uh, we can, this couch needs to be in a different place. Uh, but e- e- I think it happens in the evening. Even if it starts in like the afternoon, my plan is to reactivate uh, the WWE Network subscription that I reactivate twice a year. One um, for the Royal Rumble, one for WrestleMania. One for WrestleMania, one for SummerSlam. I have not watched a Royal Rumble in quite some time. Now, just for you folks at home, I know, and John knows what the Royal Rumble is, but I'm going to give you a rundown real quick. Uh, the, the fight starts out as any other fight, with introductions, two people on a ring. Shortly thereafter, another person is added. Shortly thereafter, another person is added. Soon, there's 40 people in the ring. Well, I mean a total of 40 over the course of a couple of hours. And then only one person can win. And it, it, you get tons of drawbacks from the past. You get like Triple H, who's probably a current person. Roman Reigns definitely is in the hospital <laughs> yes <laughs> you get kevin owens my favorite wrestler not even invited you get daniel bryan speaking hot truths about baby boomers sure did you see that video no uh daniel- absolutely not daniel it bryan might surprise is- you to know that i henry do not follow wrestling <laughs> strange uh i do somewhat and i think that this is a perfect intersection of your non-interest and my semi-interest uh, but yeah, Daniel Bryan is a heel now, and during a monologue, he just trashed baby boomers for a while, because the best heels just speak truth. Uh, but for our podcast, yeah, would you be interested in a first ever event? What? <laughs> a supplemental reading of something of that's a live <laughs> sporting event. Pay-per-view. One night only. You can't even guarantee there'll be something to supplementally read. We could talk about it. There might be a theme. Or we could... Now, are we covering just the final match? Because there's usually a bunch of matches leading up to it, if I'm not wrong. I think we can talk about whatever we could pad out an episode with. That's not how we talk (laughs) in front of the mic. (laughs) Oh, I think we'll talk about... Yes, the event. Indeed. This is... Now, here's the thing. Because you're going to be sober during this entire night. Yes. I encourage everyone else... Whenever I watch wrestling, I drink. But you will have work in the morning, so drink moderately. Damn it. Because it is on a Sunday. I hate my job. Well, if you want to work hungover, that's your deal. If you want to work hungover, get pulled over. That's what I always say. So this is, I will give you a a slight provision of the Royal Rumble. We do not necessarily have to turn into a supplemental reading, but we will spend at least half of an episode talking about it. So regardless if I am there or not, you are going to bring this up next episode. Uh, This will be much more enjoyable for you if you see the Royal Rumble. Because otherwise, I'm going to uh, quiz you on the Royal Rumble and make you into a a grade A ass on the podcast. I mean, that might be fun, too. Because a lot of the fun I have in the podcast are times when you berate me for no reason. (laughs) No matter what, it'll be a fun time. I will say, my uh, future mother-in-law will be in town, so who knows what I'll be up to. Also, I'm moving that day. Yeah, you're moving into the ring. Ding, ding, ding. And you know what that sound means, folks? believe that sound means that the match is over. The winners are over there in the circle. Four winners, the winner's circle. And all us, all of us other folks who lost are going to listen 
to some social media plugs done for the first time this year by our very own resident other person on the couch. Not John Mulaney. We couldn't get him. John. So wait, your name is John. Hey. And his name is John. It's me, John Mulaney. So even if he visited, that would be really confusing. No, we just use my real first name. What? Henry. <laughs> That's my name. Uh, what a good bit. And like bits, it's over now. We can also watch <laughs> it on Monday night because it'll still be on the WWE Network. You Mo- have no excuse. Monday night is multiplayer Monday. I play video games with my friends. You know what the biggest multiplayer game and, uh, of the year is? Right now we're the playing. Royal Rumble. Right now we're and if you want to royally rumble with us, you can do so Legacy by sending an email to zero credits is a podcast at gmail.com. Are you playing Dungeons and Dragons? No. <laughs> You playing Dungeons and Dragons? We're playing playing Risk Legacy on Tabletop Simulator. What's the Risk Legacy about? What's Risk Legacy about? It's a game. If you want to send us a Twitter, you can do so. Oh, you're you're telling me. At ZCPCWHJ on Twitter.com. Henry's computer has gone to sleep. It's not asleep. It just locked. And that's what that stands for. Wait, you gotta slow down. Okay. Which part do I need to repeat? We're also on Facebook. We're also on Facebook. Repeat that part. You can find us on Facebook by searching for Zero Credits Podcast on the Facebook search bar if you feel so inclined. Uh, we are not on Mastodon, uh, even though we probably should be. Twitter's a bad place. What is Mastodon? It's an alternative to Twitter with fewer Nazis. We're also on Twitch sometimes. We can use that for another month and a half. We really need to re-up there by going to, uh, you can go to twitch.com slash twitch.tv. Oh my god, you're so bad at this. You can go it's to, like you had someone talking at the same time as you during the beginning of this segment. You can go to twitch.tv slash zero credits to watch us play video games like we never do. Risk Legacy. We're on Spotify, and we're also on Apple Podcasts, so like, comment, and subscribe, or whatever you do on Apple Podcasts. I don't know what the fuck you do. We're also on Google Music Podcasts. Oh. I learned that recently. Commenting and reviewing is the best way you can get people to find out about this show if those people are strangers. However, we care not for strangers. Give them no quarter, sentence them to perdition, and put them in the oubliette, because the only way we can survive is word of the mouth. So tell your friends, tell your closest loved ones, here's what I want you to do the next time you're sharing a bed with a human being, uh, regardless of your relation to them, romantic, platonic, or familial, uh, I want you to crawl up next to their ear, and I want you to gently whisper, Zero Credits is a podcast where they talk about things, uh, and then all of your friends will be listening to it, and they will listen to an episode during the court proceedings where you are sent directly to prison do not pass go do not collect two hundred dollars but please listen to the podcast and john this is a sentimental episode it may not have seemed like it because we don't have feelings phone i swear to god (laughs) if you go off one more time this is a very sentimental episode john you want to know why why this is the last episode in the zero credit studio apartment it's it's really been very strange recording because you haven't moved anything out no i have (laughs) like you keep saying you're moving but everything's still here i don't have a truck (laughs) what do you want from me everything 
Is so, this new apartment real? We have only recorded this podcast in two places together. I'm not counting the, the less than zeros. It was my old apartment in Mississippi, and then my new apartment in Austin, Texas. And now, for the first time ever, we're going to be in a place with two beds and two bathrooms. Finally. I, I really I didn't want to break it on the podcast, but we will finally be living and recording a podcast together for full-time jobs. Wait, that's not I true. I will have one Wait, bedroom. That's not true. We will have that's the other. That's not true. We have finally... I'm, I'm moving in with my, my wife. We have finally my obtained... My soon-to-be wife. We finally obtained enough funding that we can do we this full-time no, for jobs. We have no funding. This can... This is just a hobby. We quit our jobs and make this happen. And no I'm just one so would glad ever pay us. The Patreon backers were there, there for us. Patreon! And I just want to thank a couple people. All right, uh, name them. Uh, Jordan Peterson. <laughs> no, Joe under, Peterson. Under under no circumstances do I want to thank Jordan Peterson. His name is Joe. No, Jordan. You know who Jordan Joe? Peterson is? Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. You're thinking of Joe. Yeah, I, Rogan. Want, I want to thank our uh, our lucrative sponsor, Joe Rogan. I don't think I don't think thank you for money. supplying us with all the DMT and fucking mushrooms and pictures of shirtless UFC people. Uh, thank you to, of course. Our greatest sponsor of all, Brian Singer, <laughs> who has bankrolled us the no, whole time. Absolutely not. <laughs> but I do, I do want to wish a very heartfelt, heartfelt, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart. Fuck you, Mark Marin. Yes, fuck you indeed. Why don't you respond to anything we tweet at you? I mean, just one, one little casual glance, one retweet. That's all we need. Just let us tap into your market. Hey, you know what's better than a fucking garage? A two-bedroom, two-bathroom apartment. With air conditioning. Yeah, what do you got on that fucking Mark Mayer? Oh, I don't know if... Oh, man, sound is going to be a whole new thing. We're going to have a lot of problems in the new place. But the point is, for the very last time, from everyone here at the Zero Credit Studio Apartments... There's multiples, including John Mulaney, who just didn't want to say anything this entire episode. I'm going to cut that last part out. Okay, do you want to do the whole... I'll do the whole thing again. Okay. I'm going to keep this in. From everyone here at the Zero Credit Studio apartment, we just want to wish you, for the last time, a happy week. Who can say where the road goes? Where apartment goes, only time. Wouldn't it be really cool if it like actually then went into that song? It actually like went into the Enya song. Yeah, if we could afford the rights to Enya. Yeah.
Here, uh, my name is Peter. <laughs>